Welcome back to another edition of the SQ Sports NBA podcast. It is August 17th, and we officially are five minutes away from tip-off of playoff basketball. If you're listening to this now, uh, the playoffs are underway. The 2019-2020 season uh, has officially come to an end after the eight-game restart in the bubble. I am Shane, and joined alongside me, as always, is Q. Q, how are we feeling right now, knowing that uh, playoff basketball is upon us? Uh, it feels weird. Like I was, I, I didn't feel weird watching the bubble, but like when I looked today and saw all these playoff games, I was like, it just feels so strange that there's playoffs going on like two hours from my house in the middle of August. Um, but I'm excited for it. I mean, it's going to be, I think the bubble was a pretty big success so far. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And before we get into uh, previewing all eight matchups uh, in the playoffs, we can talk about the bubble a little bit. Uh, I think it was a wild success, and I think depending how long uh, COVID-19 lasts, um, the NBA is prepared to to do something of the sort for a 2020-2021 season. I think out of all the leagues we've seen, obviously uh, hockey is in a bubble as well. Um, but I think the NBA has handled it the best. The content that's come out on social media has been fun to follow, um, and I there's really – Everything from the pumped-in crowd noise to the camera angles, there's nothing I really have any complaints about. Uh, it was all up in the air, obviously, in the weeks leading up to the bubble. But I was, I was very satisfied with how they handled everything. Basketball all day, every day. Uh, so you really couldn't beat that. Did you have any, any, any bones you wanted to pick? Or how, how did you think the bubble went in general? Uh, I think it might have depended on the broadcast, but I didn't really like the pumped-in crowd noise. Okay. Sometimes, like, sometimes it was just way too loud. And it was, like, static. So, like, even when something happened, they just, like, wouldn't change. And I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, and I didn't really like the Zoom fans thing. Like, I thought that was <laughs> kind of yeah. dumb. Uh, better than baseball doing, like, the MLB The Show fans. That looks whack. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, the viewing experience was pretty cool. I like the different camera angles. Uh, I like that there was, like, no – there was no cameraman, like, under the basket. So, like, they actually had room to move, like, around the court. Um and, like, I feel like you can see on a lot of drives, like, guys weren't, like, bracing for a fall every time they were driving because there's, like, 15 camera people right under the basket. So that was kind of cool. Um, and, the, I mean, it was a good experience. Like, I was, I was pretty skeptical of it going in. Um, there, like, obviously, the broadcasters, other than the national guys, aren't there. So, like, some of the local broadcasts were a little delayed, but that's not really that big of an issue. And just it felt like kind of like March Madness a little bit, just with having games like throughout the day, and you knew you could always put on another one. Like that was that was pretty fun, even though like half the teams not really trying for the last like week of the bubble, what kind of sucked. But just seeing the race in the West, like you had to watch those games the, for any any Grizzlies, Suns, or Blazers game, like you had to watch, and that made it like really exciting because usually at the end of the season it just gets kind of boring because like there's never there's never been a system like this where two teams can play into the playoffs. So yeah, I thought it was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, going off that being a Suns fan, uh, I had, I had an incredible time, obviously watching the Suns eight. No. And I, and I I did really want to at least have a shot at the playing game. Uh, And it kind of stinks being eight. No, that I didn't get a shot, but I have come to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, I mean, we weren't going to beat the Lakers if we did get that far. And this is a great building block 
uh, for next season, which the off season won't be nearly as long whenever the 2020-2021 uh, season does start. So I think, I think it was a great building block uh, to watch Booker di- do what he does um, and now kind of get recognized for it. Uh, he, he, I wouldn't necessarily call Devin Booker an underrated player, but being in Phoenix and being on a team that hasn't won more than 23 games up until this season in Booker's career, uh, it was nice to see him like get recognized on a national stage. Uh, and the growth of our young players. I don't know. I, it was one of the better times I'd had watching watching uh, any of my teams play um, in the past two weeks. So I think it was a great bubble experience for the Suns. Um, other other players, another former son, TJ Warren, had, uh, had a really solid bubble experience. Michael Porter Jr., we saw him burst onto the scene with some Nuggets injuries. So uh, even for teams that are in the playoffs, I think that, this eight-game restart provided—I uh, don't know—just just it provided a different opportunity for different players because when, like you said, having games all day is like a March Madness-style setup. But instead of having to set up two or three TVs to watch different games because they're staggered between two times at night, uh, you can you can basically catch every game if if you if you were free. So I, I kind of yeah. really like that, and I liked how. Uh, they're doing that for the playoffs as well as uh, Utah and Denver just tipped off uh, as we're recording this. Um, I didn't realize they were going to do that, at least for the first round. I thought it was going to be like two games at 7 Eastern and two at 10 Eastern, uh, but they're once again uh, staggering them in four different time slots. So uh, that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. all in all, I'm, I'm happy with the bubble. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, let's hope that nobody – that's positive. Um, yeah. We've gone like what, four, four weeks now? Over four weeks, I think. Over, yeah, yeah. Without, uh, obviously, you know, there's still workers that are coming in and out. So, yeah. Can't get too comfortable, but, and uh, Mo Bamba just left because apparently they wanted to see if he had like, uh, like long lasting COVID symptoms because yeah, he had COVID in June, I think. So, mm-hmm. hopefully he's all right. Uh, that would suck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think for next year though, like I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to, they can't do a bubble for like six months. No. Yeah. Uh, they could do like maybe a few different bubbles and then I don't know, like when I don't even know how they would handle it. It's going to be interesting, but we don't really have to worry about that now. Cause we got at least for the next, what, eight weeks, six weeks, we got, we got the playoffs. So, and yeah. we got the lottery this week. <laughs> yeah. Like we kind of forgot the lotteries on Thursday. Yeah, out of nowhere. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's interesting that the, the bubble games don't count towards the lottery. So Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, they don't? No, the, so the Suns still uh, have, the, have the 10th. Damn, that's a dog. Yeah, no, that's big. Um, so, yeah, wait, no, so that, what about Memphis, though? Uh, I assume Memphis is just in the back, the last, their 14th. All right. Um, so wait, 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 wait. That's the thing you said. So is Portland gonna have a lottery pick? No, I think no. Portland, Portland will be uh, whatever, like whatever they are, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Because the NBA doesn't do it with how you finish in the playoffs, right? Oh, I see. No, what they you're don't. Saying. They I don't. But they saying. were they were like the tenth. They had like the tenth yeah. pick before the bubble. Yeah, um, that is a good question. I assume that they'll just slot into whatever the playoff teams' records are. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, yeah, right now Portland, Portland's 16. Yeah, we, we'll do. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, and what you said, obviously we don't, they can't do a six month bubble. Um, and there have already been different ideas floated out. And that is a, a, at least a long ways away. We have a bunch of basketball before that. But I will say that how Adam Silver and uh, all, all the kind of leaders in the NBA handled this, Chris Paul uh, and the NBA Players Association, uh, I'm confident that, that the NBA will, will figure it out. Unlike other mm-hmm. sports, I think the NBA uh, yeah. has, has, some, has some good leaders. Um, but anyway, let's get into uh, the playoff matchups. Um, we are going to preview – um, each of these eight series um, and yeah talk about what we think and give our predictions uh, so let's start in the west with the one eight uh, the eight the Portland Trailblazers who who came the bubble obviously played to their advantage as they snuck in um, in that playing game uh, against the Grizzlies the Lakers locked up the one seed pretty early we're trying to figure out some kinks uh, but the Lakers were out of 22 teams in the bubble, they were 21st in points per game, 19th in field goal percentage, and last in three-point field goal percentage. Take that as you will um, because we've seen this before when LeBron's gearing up for the playoffs, uh, just testing different things out. Do you have any hesita- hesitation in picking the Lakers in the series, or, or what's your overall analysis? Um, not really. I just I don't think Portland has enough – perimeter defense to stop the Lakers uh, not that the Lakers offense is that great but you know we know what LeBron's gonna do he's he's just gonna bully his way to the basket and he's gonna run pick and rolls with AD and he's gonna find shooters and I just don't really think Portland really has any way to stop that because like Portland's really their only good perimeter defender is Trent and he's a second year player who's kind of thin yeah. um, not really ideal for trying to defend LeBron like I feel like I feel like Melo is going to be on LeBron a lot because uh, I just don't know who else would. Ariza would probably help him a lot this series uh, if he was would, playing. Yeah. Uh, but if, if it's Melo and LeBron, you know, Melo's a strong dude, but like he's not, he's not stopping LeBron. So as much as I like Portland, and I am obviously respect the hell out of Dame uh, for what he's done in the bubble and what he's done in the last few years in the playoffs, uh, I'm going to – should I just give my prediction now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go. All right, yeah, I'm going Lakers in five. I think Dame can will definitely will them to at least one win, um, off like probably like a 40 plus point performance. But especially seeing what Anthony Davis did to the Blazers two years ago in the playoffs when he averaged 33 and 12 and three blocks a game, uh, he was incredible that series. He completely worked Nurkic. So yeah, I'm going with Lakers in five. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think Lakers in five is a solid pick. Um, it seems like Portland for the past five years always had those wings that would would help in a series like this with like Mo mm-hmm. Harkless or Al Farouk Aminu, uh, even maybe like a Jake Lehman. There's different guys you can throw at LeBron. But I have no idea who's going to guard LeBron because like you said, it's either Melo. Um, Hazonia might be the worst player in the league from what I saw. I think he is, dude. I think he, he is, is. He is awful. Um and Gary Trent, like you said, he, he, he's skinny and he's 6'5". Uh, so LeBron would just eat him up. So I think guarding LeBron is going to be a huge, uh, is going to be a huge problem. Uh, what I will say, looking back at the three regular season matchups, um, the Lakers won two, Blazers won one, average point 128 to 120. Uh, Hassan Whiteside did average 22 and 13 in those three matchups. Uh, Nurkic and Zach Collins were out 
in all three matchups. So I think it'll be interesting to see if Nurkic can dominate. Because if Whiteside can go 22-13 and 13 with a 30-point performance, uh, I think Nurkic can, especially the way he's been playing lately. Uh, but if the Lakers stagger their minutes right with JaVale and Dwight and get them 35 combined minutes a game, uh, I, I don't think it'll be enough. Um, and like I said, I just don't think anyone can guard LeBron. I mean, the Lakers – not the Lakers. The Blazers have shown in the bubble that they can't guard anyone. Like, they couldn't guard – the Nets B team, they couldn't guard the Grizzlies without Jaron Jackson Jr. So to think that they're going to be able to guard a team with LeBron and AD and these shooters all around is, is tough for me to uh, tough for me to fall into that trap. I do agree with you that Dame is probably, he's probably going to average like 35. Uh, yeah. They have no one to guard Dame. They have no one yeah. to guard him. Uh, yeah, it hurts that Avery Bradley's out. Dame averaged against the Lakers in the regular season 36, 9, and 6. Jesus. So he's already shown that he he, uh, he uh, plays well against L.A., and I don't think that's going to change. I just don't think it'll be enough, um, and I, I, I agree with you. I'll uh, go Lakers in five. Yeah, who's, who do you have as your uh, X Factor? Uh, it, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to say Dame Willard. I'm just going to go with Gary Trent. Okay. Uh, because if if the Blazers have any shot at winning this, Dame's gonna have already he's gonna play out of his mind, uh, and you gotta assume CJ even with that broken bone in his back will also play really well. If Trent can if Trent can give them a couple thirty point performances and play at least decent defense on LeBron in the minutes he's he's on him, uh, I think that'd be that'd be a huge help. Yeah, I went with Trent too. Uh, they just need – they've needed that 3 and D guy for so long. And he's – of all the 3 and D guys they've had, he's definitely the best shooter. Like, he's, a, he's an elite shooter, in my opinion, uh, just the yeah. way he gets it off super quick. I mean, he was really good at Duke too. He was a really good shooter. Um, and, yeah, they just need that swing man, like, really bad. That's really the only thing they're missing on this roster at this point. You know, Rodney Hood would help if he didn't tear his Achilles. Um, it's just another release valve scorer. But so yeah, yeah, Trent was definitely definitely the X factor for me. So, all right, sweet, we're in agreement uh, there. Uh, let's move on to the two seed in the West, the Clippers taking on the seven seed, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, in three matchups in the regular season, including one in the bubble, uh, the Clippers won all three, uh, outscoring the Mavs one seventeen to one oh six. Kawhi averaged thirty one and eight. In those three matchups, Dantich averaged 29, 7, and 7. Uh, well, Kristaps struggled, averaging just 18 on 35% from the field uh, in those matchups. Uh, wh- what do you got on the Clippers and Mavs? Um, I think it kind of sucks that Dallas had to play the Clippers in, like, Luka's first playoff series. Um, it's because it's such a terrible matchup for them, especially now that Harrell's back. Like, Harrell's really good to punish his way to the basket a lot, in my opinion. If he's playing, I think he's playing. He, I know he cleared quarantine today. Uh, we'll see if he plays today, but he'll definitely play in the series. Um, but we saw in the matchups between Dallas and LA this year that Luca can get a little rattled um, when two of the best three wing defenders in the league are just swarming him at all times. And, you know, he always makes the right pass, but when the game comes down to the wire, there are times when Luca just. You know, you know how much I love Luca, but sometimes he just chucks way, way too much. He relies way too much on the step back, or he tries to draw like a, a hardened three, a three point foul, and it's like he just needs to grow out of that. I mean, he's twenty one; he will. But um, and Dallas's, they just don't have enough size to try to stop 
Kawhi and KD or Kawhi and PG on the other end. Like there's just both of those guys are strong. They're athletic. They're good shooters. They know how to draw fouls. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna live in the paint. And they're both great mid range shooters, especially Kawhi. Like Kawhi's mid range, I've n- I've never seen him miss uh, in mid range. And we know how good he is in the playoffs after what he did last year. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Clippers in five. So both LA teams winning in five. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think the Clippers uh, will roll. Um, I agree with what you said about uh, Luca. He gets a little flustered uh, playing the Clippers because they can throw so many different things at him, uh, whether it's Pat Bev pushing him 90 feet or, like you said, Paul George and Kawhi, two of the better wing defenders in all of basketball on him. Uh, that obviously toughened things up. And the, the Mavericks' defense has just been piss poor. It's been really – it's been tough to watch. Um, I don't. I. I don't. I don't enjoy watching their their brand of basketball where they're just uh, hucking it up. Though I do think that 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 gives them some volatility in the sense that if they get get really hot, I think they're going to shoot like forty five threes a game. And if they make twenty of them, there's a chance that they're going to be in it in the end. And then if a couple threes go down in the last couple minutes. Uh, you never know. Um, but, I, yeah, I think it's Clippers in five or six. I'll, I'll say Clippers in six. Um, my question to you, who – Porzingis struggled against the Clippers this season, mm-hmm. but who guards him 30 feet away from the basket? Because uh, uh, Zubats was, was huge in the bubble. He averaged 11-11 uh, on really short minutes, 70% field goal percentage. But he's not coming out that far he, he would get eaten eaten alive and in pick and pop situations so what would you do because Kristaps had a few huge games in the bubble uh, especially from long range I, uh, I agree uh, that's why Porzingis was my x-factor for this um, I don't really I think they put Morris on him and then they just switch Harold or Zubach onto I guess Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Similar. I mean, they're a little light on bigs, so it is kind of a strange matchup for the Clippers defensively um, just because Harrell and Zubach – Harrell can move around the perimeter a little bit. He's not like a – he's not he doesn't have like cement feet. Zubach is just a little bit slower. Um, but I think they just throw Morris at him and try to have Morris just be really physical with him on the perimeter and not, le- not really let him get those pump and drives that he really likes to do. But if Porzingis – Porzingis is such a strange player to me yeah. sometimes because, like, he's big. He should be big enough to just get to be a way better scorer on the basket than he is. Like, he sh- I know he shoots a lot of threes, but he shouldn't be shooting forty three percent from the field when you're seven. What seven three? He's listed at seven three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he plays like it. he plays like Kevin Durant, but you know, KD's a great finisher. Porzingis isn't. Um, and I'd I'd really like him, especially against such a small team. I really like him to try to like bang inside a little bit because I think you can do it. Um, but yeah, the, for the Clippers, it's going to be, they're going to really need to keep him in check. And that's why I think Morris getting Morris might've actually helped them for this series, because if they kept Harkless, I don't really think Harkless could do as good a job in Porzingis as Morris would, because Morris is just so physical. Like he's physical to the point where like you hate playing against him, uh, mm-hmm. just because, and he's going to probably try to like get into his head and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they'll throw Morris. I think they'll throw a lot of lineups with Morris at the five and just punt on like offensive rebounding. And especially because Porzingis isn't like, they have a height advantage with Porzingis Dallas does, but he's not, 
he's not around the basket. So the Clippers can get away with playing small, which I think they really want to do at the end of the day. I don't really think they want to have to play Zubac or Harold that much. Um, so I could see like a lineup of like Pat Bev, Shamit, uh, Kawhi, PG, and Morris just kind of like wrecking Dallas. So we'll see. Yeah, no, uh, I agree that KP is the X factor. And comparing him to Kevin Durant, or well, saying they just – not comparing him, but it is so funny. Like KD, he can get a shot up over anyone. And he'll go through like a couple-minute stretches where he'll score six quick points, like eight feet from the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks so clean. And like you said, if, if they do throw a guy like Morris at him, which I agree, I think that would be your best bet because Porzingis is a guy that seems like he, he's going to get flustered pretty easily. Uh, mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't really like the contact. But if Porzingis was, was the best version of himself, he would just back Morris down to eight feet and hit a little turnaround. He should yeah. be able to do that. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's got to be kind of frustrating uh, for Mavericks fans, for sure. And it's just uh, as NBA fans in general. Um, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, I, think this, I don't think the, the Mavericks, like I said, I, I want Clippers in six. Uh, I don't really see any scenario – that they win lit, that they win the series unless they just go absurd from from deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it, it it is big for them to win one or two just as a young team um, led by two guys who really have no playoff experience. Obviously, Luca has his overseas experience; uh, it's pretty invaluable. But I think for the Mavericks to to get to a game at least five, and for them hopefully six, I think that'll be be pretty big going forward. Yeah, it kind of is like a. The year when the Thunder with KD and Russ, their first year in the playoffs, they took the Lakers to like six games, and it was like a really good moment for them, even though they obviously were outmatched. Yeah, I could see it being like that for yeah. Dallas. Um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited to see it, though. Like, I, I, I like watching both teams. I mean, Dallas, Dallas is a little bit too formulaic sometimes for me. Like, I kind of know what's happening all the time. Not enough like, variety, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see playoff Kawhi again. Especially now he's in the yeah, West. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, it, 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 that'll be interesting. And I don't, I think, uh, I think, I think George and Kawhi are gonna have like a, they're gonna like quietly average a combined like sixty in this series, mm-hmm. because yeah, Dallas does have a uh, depth at the wing, but I don't really know who's guarding. Like Michael yeah. Kidd Gilchrist can obviously guard, but for their if offense, if they have to play, like, if they have to play Kidd Gilchrist, they're screwed. Yeah, he's such a liability for that offense that yeah. it's not even worth it. Um, all right, so now we'll get into the 3-6 in the West, the game that is currently going on as we record. It's the three-seed, the Denver Nuggets, versus the six-seed, the Utah Jazz. Uh, these teams, both from altitude, don't, don't really like each other. Um, in my personal belief, especially with the news coming out uh, on Sunday that Mike Conley has left the bubble for the birth of his child, um, even with Mike Conley, I still thought the Jazz were the weakest team in the Western Conference playoffs. Um, so that's that's where I stand here. And I'm not the hu- I'm not the biggest fan of the Nuggets, but against teams against teams that I don't think that are that good or don't have the star power, I'll take the Nuggets all day every day. Uh, I think the Jazz will fight, and I think Mitchell uh, is going to go bananas and shoot the ball like 30 times a game. But I could see the Nuggets winning this one in five with no Conley, no, no Bogdanovich. Uh, granted, there are three matchups in the regular season. Uh, the Nuggets won them all. 
they were all really close though. Um, discounting the double overtime game, uh, these these games were well. That game was with, within two points, but if you take away the two overtimes, these teams were uh, the Nuggets averaged one hundred three. Uh, points per game the jazz averaged 100 so just kind of hard-nosed defensive basketball um mm-hmm. but yeah i uh i like the nuggets I, I don't think the jazz have enough with missing those two guys and coming in bogdanovich i mean their bench has has besides jordan clarkson has been really non-existent and that's what the nuggets do well even with the absence of gary harris and will barton this team's still pretty deep as we saw uh them leave their bench out there against the Lakers uh, in, in that fourth quarter of the game they lost. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Nuggets in five. Yeah, I'm going Denver in six just because I'll give Mitchell a couple good – couple, like, 35-point games where he just takes so many shots. And he was he was really great for Denver last time at the end of that game. Uh, but, yeah, Conley isn't as big of a loss, but just not having Bojan – Bojan would really help them in this series. They just need another guy who can create offense and shoot. Uh, they had to start Jawan Morgan today. It's not ideal uh, in the playoffs. And they're going to play Mie Oni uh, from Yale. From Yale. Rookie from Yale. Uh, he's, I liked him, but, like, you know, I, I wouldn't trust him in the playoffs. And, they, like, they're just missing – they're missing that it that I kind of thought they would have this year, even before all their injuries and Conley leaving the bubble. Uh, they just never really clicked. I don't know. Like, they're a good team. And Gobert's obviously a monster on defense, but um, I just don't, I just don't see it really this year. Especially like I, have, I can't believe how good Porter is. Honestly, yeah, yeah, like, he is a he's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, really great shooter. He already has two threes today. It's just he's like a really smart. He's like the perfect fit with Jokic because he's so good at moving off the ball, and he like. I honestly thought he was going to be like kind of a chucker when he came into the NBA. Like that was kind of his reputation yeah. in high school. And the little that we saw at uh, Mizzou was him just kind of chucking um, because he can get a shot over anyone. I mean, he's like, he's kind of like, he actually plays like KD uh, at such a young age. It's kind of, kind of interesting, but he's a, such a good cutter and he's not, he's not taking a bunch of bad mid range shots and it's really helped Denver's offense. Like I think when Barton comes back, he should just start, and they should just leave Barton as a six man um, because he's such a good fit. And he gives them such a big, like such a bigger lineup. Like they basically got three like bigs, but they can all play together with Jokic, Millsap and Porter. So, yeah. um, but for me, the, the X factor in this series is Millsap because, you know, Gobert, Gobert can challenge Jokic a little bit. Like he'll, he'll make him work a lot because uh, he's not really like Jokic can shoot, but he's not like stretching Gobert out. He's really just kind of playmaking out of the post. But if Millsap can really bully like Royce O'Neal and Ingles, because Ingles got to slide up and play the four, unless they want to play a lot of Tony Bradley or uh, Jawan Morgan. Yeah, Tony Millsap Bradley's is gonna, bad, yeah, bro. Tony yeah, Bradley's like, bad. Yeah, he's just not great. And Niang is okay at best. Um, so Millsap's really going to have a chance to like work out of the post and on you know all those face-ups that he loves to use. So... I think he's going to be huge for them. Millsap's never really been like a great fit with Denver. He hasn't been bad. He's been yeah. good for them, but he's, it's, I feel like they've never really clicked the way they kind of hoped. Mm-hmm. Mostly because his shooting hasn't been that great with Denver. But uh, in this series, I think he can really play a big role. So, yeah, he's my X Factor. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, that, that's a solid X Factor. Uh, just going back to uh, MPJ, 
what what he's done in the bubble has been pretty crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I the special the talent has always been there. What 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 pick did he go in the draft? Obviously, he fell About because 14. of injury. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he had a full college season, he would have been nowhere near fourteenth. Uh, that would have been a top top five pick. Um, because his talent is just off the charts, uh, as we've seen it. And like, he was going to be this efficient, this fast, uh, and make this much of an impact. Uh, but Co- uh, Coach Mike Malone, I, I mean, he's getting guys like Monty Morris, Tory Craig. Uh, all these guys are, are having pretty big impact. So I, I, I give a little credit to uh, Malone on that one. But, yeah, 22 and, and 9 in the bubble from, from MPJ is – it's pretty crazy considering where he was maybe just even, even, even a year ago. Um, but yeah, my, my X factor, uh, it's my X factor is, um, Donovan Mitchell just because I I was, I'm really low on the jazz and it's weird taking an X factor. That's the team's best player. But we saw when these two teams matched up in the bubble on August 8th, the game that went to double overtime, Mitchell just go berserk at the end of the fourth and then in overtime. Uh, and like I said, I, I believe the Nuggets will win this in five. Um, but I do see a world in which Mitchell, they give him the reins to shoot the ball 25, 30 times a game. And if he's efficient enough, he's going to provide – that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a big problem. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter, really. But – uh, I, I do see a world in which he can push it to seven um, and, and maybe give him give the Jazz a fighting chance at it. Like you said, Bogdanovich is a huge, huge loss. Um, Jordan Clarkson is also – he's not my X factor, but he's also a guy that you need to watch for because when he's on the floor, he will just let it go. Uh, and against the Nuggets this season, he has been solid. He averaged 24 points a game in the three matchups, shooting nearly 60% from deep. So if he's hot, he's another guy that the Nuggets have to watch out for. Uh, but if they play Denver basketball, I think there should be no issue here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got anything else on the Nuggets or Jazz? No. This is this would definitely be the series that is on like NBA TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they, if they were true. doing regular, a, reg, yep. a normal playoffs. Also, yeah. uh, the tiebreakers came out for the lottery. I don't know if you if you saw oh, no. that. Uh, New Sacramento got the better pick of New Orleans and them, and OKC got the twenty-first pick. Then Houston, then Utah. All right, I mean the Sixers got the twenty-first pick. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Hey, right. Yeah, not bad. Uh, okay. So what what pick would not to get off track? What pick is uh, Sacramento at? Pick seven. Um, or what? I odds? think they're at like nine. It doesn't nine. show them. Shams didn't tweet the picks. He just tweeted. Oh, uh, just tweeted that. on Tankathon. Uh, uh, Sacramento, they really need a good pick, man. Jesus. Uh, they're at, they're going to get the 12th pick. 12. Yeah. Dang. New Orleans that, will get 13. Dang. That's crazy. Sun's at 10. Take that. Yeah. yeah um, all right. Moving on to the last matchup in the West. Uh, the four versus the five. Uh, these teams had the exact same record. Uh, and it obviously really doesn't matter, uh, who's the four, who's the five, but the Rockets are the four seed. Yeah, and the Thunder are the five, uh, and that is because the uh, – wait, that doesn't make any sense, actually. 
Uh, I don't get why the – if they have the same record, why are the Rockets to four if they are one and two against the Thunder this year? That doesn't Yeah, make because sense. the Thunder had – the Thunder won the tiebreaker between the two of them. What yeah, the Thunder won the tiebreaker, but aren't the Thunder the five seed? Or am I messing that up? They had the same record. And yeah. when they played this year, OKC went two and one versus Houston. Yeah, and but I, I have the Thunder as the five and Houston as the four. Oh, What's that's it? Yeah, that's not it. Yeah, OKC is the four on my screen. So. Oh, really? Dang. Yeah. Uh, on the ESPN standings, it's, it, it gives the Rockets the four seed. I don't know. Regardless, it yeah, doesn't matter. Really yeah. it, it does not matter. Uh, in three games this season that they played each other, um, the Thunder, like you just said, won two of them. Outscored the Rockets 112 to 105. Pretty significant considering the Rockets uh, had one of the best offense efficiencies, not efficiencies, offensive ratings in the NBA. Uh, so the Thunder holding them to 105 uh, is definitely a good look. Um, in those three matchups, OKC did what they do. Uh, They're really balanced. There was no outliers. Uh, SGA, Danilo Gallinari, CP3, and Dennis Schroeder all averaged over 18 points a game in those uh, three matchups. On the other side, Harden uh, was stifled a little bit. You remember he had that one for 17 game from mm-hmm. three point range uh, against the Thunder earlier in the season. Granted, he did average 29 points in those three matchups, but he only shot 15% from three, 33% from the field. So they clearly did something to bother him. Uh, Westbrook, on the other hand, had 29, eight and a half, and eight and a half. Uh, but his status for the series, at least the early games, is in question as he has a strained right quad. Uh, so what are you looking at going into this series? Obviously, the big, the big thing would be uh, Westbrook against his old team, uh, CP3 against his old team. Uh, but Westbrook, it looks unlikely he's going to play in game one, and I, I kind of doubt he'll play in the first two. Um, so uh, what do you got, though, on this series? Uh, so my X factor for this series would be Eric Gordon because he's really – the guy Houston's going to have to rely on to create a little bit off the dribble now that Westbrook, I don't, I don't think Westbrook's going to be back till late in the series. Uh, if he does okay. come back, cause it just didn't sound to me. It didn't sound, it didn't sound great. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and he's had injuries, lower body injuries before. Um, so they're really going to need him not to just be a spot of shooter. Like he had a really bad year. Uh, he was battling injuries all year. He only played 36 games, but, uh, he only shot 37% from the field and 32% from three. Um, and he still is a has value as a four spacer just because of how deep he can hit threes. I mean, he shoots like eight and a half threes a game for the last four seasons. But they're really going to need him to be like young Eric Gordon on the Clippers and Hornets, like getting to the basket, um, going off the dribble and creating a little bit because, you know, as much as I respect Harden and he's looked really good in the bubble, like some, we've seen in the past, he just kind of gets – flamed out a little bit um especially last year when Chris Paul couldn't really handle the load Harden just kind of flamed out versus Golden State and Russ was good because he's Russ is never going to flame out like he he might shoot you out of a game but he's going to he's always going to have energy no matter what um and without him uh they're they're driving kick games a little bit like it's lessened a little bit so if Eric Gordon can just get to the basket four or five times a game hit you know, an average rate on its threes, they're going to be good. They're going to be set. Like, cause they, they have the best player in the series by a very wide margin and OKC is a good story, but they don't really have the perimeter defenders that they would need uh, to stop Houston. So 
I, I'm going to go with Eric Gordon, but I do think that I don't think it's going to happen. Like with Gordon, he's my X factor, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm picking OKC in seven, uh, just because of how much I respect Chris Paul and what he's done this year okay. for them. Um, the three guard lineup is so good, like so good. The SGA, Schroeder, and Chris Paul lineup. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Um, and Stephen Adams might average like 20 rebounds a game. I wouldn't be surprised. And if that happens, then OKC is kind of set. So, yeah, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, yeah. Going off that, uh, I have Stephen Adams as my X factor. There's he. There's a chance he becomes unplayable in this series, and that's not good for the Thunder because uh, Adams Adams does have a big impact um, on them. But if 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 Adams if if they don't come up with a defensive scheme, because what what are you gonna do? Is Adams gonna chase Tucker and Rocco around the perimeter? Um, like I don't know if that's feasible. He could he could easily dominate dominate on the offensive end, but for what? Like how much are you giving up on the other end? Uh, so that's why I think he's my X factor in okay. three games against the Rockets this season. One of the games he only played a minute and a half, and I was struggling to remember if he got injured early or they just took him off the floor after the first minute and didn't run him back. Uh, I wasn't sure about that. And then the other two, he played 25 uh, minutes a game, only averaged 10 points and 10 rebounds a game. So I think, like you said, if, if, if they find a way to play him and have it be efficient, that's going to be huge. Because realistically, no one can guard Adams on on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's something, some, definitely something to watch for. Uh, I think guys like Ben McLemore, who have really come on this season uh, for Houston, and uh, there's a what's uh, one other shooter's name I'm blanking on, but House. I mean, they have, they have shooters all all over the floor. House uh, and Rivers are going to be big too. Yeah, House, Daniel House. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be pretty big in this series. I'm going to take Houston in seven. Uh, I think if Westbrook doesn't play, I'd be more inclined to take the Thunder. And obviously, you never want to make your bet on something that's questionable. But I, I believe if – I mean, I think he's going to be back by game four, maybe at the latest. But if it is a little more serious than we think, I don't think you're going to keep him out of, uh, of a game six or seven against his old team. I think that could make the difference. Um, and what Harden's been doing is, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. At full strength, I was going to have Houston as a, a, as a, as a sleeper finals team. Um, I don't have that same confidence in them anymore with the Westbrook injury. But, but what Harden does is, is pretty insane. Uh, and I think it is going to be really interesting to watch what happens with Steven Adams because – I think we're going to find out really quickly if he's unplayable or if he is going to be a menace. And I think it's going to go one one of two ways, one of those two ways. I don't think Steven Adams is just going to just go out there and, and give you like a, his average 30 minutes. I think he's either going to be run off the floor or he's going to be bodying people off the floor. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting with Adams. I don't know. I have a feeling there might just – Covington's like a good shooter, but he's he has a tendency to like just I don't know. Like he's so inconsistent sometimes shooting and he can kinda 
shoot you out of a series. And we saw a couple of years ago, like Boston started, kind of started just leaving him open uh, in that second round series. And he really couldn't punish them for it. And I could see them, the Thunder doing the same thing, especially if he starts out pretty cool. Um, I do think that Houston is the only team that has a shot at beating – full strength Houston is the only team that has a shot at beating uh, the L.A. teams. It's because of yeah. how high their ceiling is on offense. Um, and there's an argument to be made that they would have the best player in a series against the Clippers uh, if you think Harden's – if you think that highly of Harden. Obviously, it's not better than LeBron, but um, – just with how you know they shoot sixty threes a game sometimes, and it's like, you know, if they're hitting twenty of them, that's not even that good of a percentage, but they're still you know, it's twenty threes. So uh, I'm excited. I like watching them. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like watching the Rockets, but to me, it's like it's so like wild to watch. Yeah, I did. Well, and I don't know if this is just like I like Harden, and I'm not as big of a fan of Luca, but I, I I can't put my mind like I can't figure out why, but I. Do and let me know if you have any any inclination of why this is. I do like watching the Rockets. I don't like watching the Mavericks, but they kind of have no, the when, same style. Luca's not with his handle. Luca's got a good handle. Harden has like an all time great handle. When I watch Harden like doing his drill moves, like it's it, to me that's really entertaining. But when Luca does it, it's super effective. But it's like not. I just like watching Luca pass really. Yeah, like, and I, yeah. I don't really like I don't like his shot. Even though I've I don't either, crazy no, high on yeah. Luca, but when he shoots, like I just I feel like it's way too slow, yeah. uh, and it's like it baffles me how he get he's getting by all these people sometimes because he's not that fast. He has a good first step, but he's not that fast. He's got good, like, great body control and same yeah, yeah. control because yeah, he does. He he's, does. He's like you said, he's not that fast. He's not like one of those guys where he'll beat you to the rim. He'll mm-hmm. get like a half of a half a step on you, and then pause a couple feet from the basket, get you to jump or get out yeah. of position and either get to the line or, or make a layup. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I, I don't know. They, they kind of have the same – the two teams, obviously, when they had that crazy shootout in the bubble, that was fun to watch. But I, I enjoy watching the Rockets a lot more than I do the Mavs, and I, I don't know if I can really pinpoint why that is. Um, all right, so, so that's the West. Uh, we both had the, the Lakers and the Clippers winning pretty easily. Um, and the Nuggets, and then we, we just split on the Rockets' thunder. Uh, but we both had that one going seven. So um, some agreeance around the board here. Uh, if you had to rank the, the four series, if they're all on at the same time, uh, how, how are you watching them? Uh, I'm going Rockets-Thunder. Rockets-Thunder first, and then mm-hmm. what do you got second? Probably Clips, Matt. Actually, no, I want to see Dame versus LeBron. I think that's going to be pretty fun. So, yeah, definitely – Lakers, Blazers, and then uh, Clips, Mavs, and then Nuggets, Jazz last. It's going to be a boring yeah. series. No, yeah, yeah. I'm in the same order there, too. Uh, I There's only so much Emmanuel Moutier I can watch before I get annoyed. Like, just watching this the first the first 18 minutes of this uh, game one between the uh, Nuggets and Jazz, Moutier's airballed, like, three different times. It's like mm-hmm. – are the Jazz really going to win this series if Emmanuel Moutier is playing 25 minutes a game? Yeah, decent year, but he's still he's still like he's, he's just, yeah play. yeah he's yeah I he's a fun he's not a fun dude but he's easy to hate on he just yeah. is so herky jerky. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, but now let's go to the East. Um, maybe these first two series we won't talk about as much because I think 
uh, out of all the series in the bubble, the one eight and the two seven in the East are the uh, most clear to see what's going to happen. Uh, we'll it should be them. the Suns, man. I wish the Suns were playing the Bucks, even though they lose. Like, the yeah, Suns are so much better than the Magic, even when they had the Isaac. Yeah, like that's they had an opportunity to actually try that out this year. I kind of wish they did. Um, obviously, I didn't think that the the Suns were going to be good in the bubble. Um, yeah, but, but like, and even I actually enjoyed watching Brooklyn. Like, I really loved the way they played on Thursday, and I really wish they would have won that game. Um, they played really well in the bubble and were really fun to watch. Uh, just all these, like, these scrap heap of, like, two-way contract guys and, like, random G League guys. Uh, they're really fun to watch, but, like, neither of these series are going past four games. So Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, if, I think if I had to bet on it, I think one of them will go 4-1. I don't know which one. I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, just kind of <laughs> like Toronto, Orlando last year. Uh, I think one of them will go for one, but yeah, it's not really going to matter. In four games uh, in the regular season, the Bucks outscored the Magic one fourteen to ninety seven, um, and the Bucks it, they they did it. It wasn't Giannis dominating every game. Uh, they played solid ball all around. Uh, I think Robin Lopez had like twenty five in one game. Um, Orlando, like you said, now with Isaac out, uh, they're kind of lacking the depth. So not only do they not have the talent, they don't have the depth. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just going to be uh, a little bit of a tune-up for the Bucks, And then for the Raptors and Nets, like you said, uh, I love the way the Nets played. Uh, but there's just no no way they can do it. I will, I will say, uh, just doing some research on this, Kyrie Irving missed all four games that these teams uh, played yeah. against um, each other. And the Raptors went three and one, but their margin of victory is only four and a half points. Uh, and um, they did lose by 10 on February 12th to, to the Nets. And that was at pretty much full strength. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think the net, maybe the Nets take one. Uh, I think Karis LeVert's going to go crazy. You could tell how mad he was that he didn't hit that shot on Thursday against the Trailblazers. And that game meant nothing for the Nets. So uh, you definitely like, like to see that. Um, and in the, in the matchups he played against the Raptors this season, LeVert averaged 28 and a half points per game on 58% from the field. So uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, I, I, like you said, I don't, I don't think there's much more to say. Uh, I wouldn't even really get – unless you have some X factors, I don't really think – I don't think there's any factor, X factors for the Nets or the Magic that could possibly propel them to even six games, let alone a series win. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I said Gasol uh, just because he uh, kind of had a down year. but yeah. And they're going to need to punish Brooklyn's lack of size. But, I mean, if he plays bad, they're they're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, so definitely definitely just some tune-up for uh, yeah. for these two teams. And so as we get into the 3-6 and the 4-5 matchups, I think that plays huge into the Bucks and the Raptors' hands because they can try different things out. They're probably going to be a little more rested. They're not going to be all beat up. Uh, and in the other two series, uh, we have the Celtics and the Sixers and the Pacers and the Heat. Uh, those teams are going to be going at it. And my guess is those series will go at least six games each. And the team that comes in there, granted, I mean, it's always rest versus rust. But I, I think the team that 
that comes in there will be a little bit uh, at a disadvantage. Um, but jumping into that, yeah. we'll go uh, uh, the three seed, the Celtics versus your uh, 76ers at, at the six seed. Uh, I'll just preview it real quick, and then and then you can you can go and, and tell everyone what you think. Uh, but in four matchups this season, um, the 76ers won three of them. The Celtics obviously took one, uh, and that was on February 1st when they routed the Sixers by 20. Um, Embiid dominated in one game, one of these games. Yeah, I think he went for like 38, but in the mm-hmm. other two he played in, he struggled. Um, and minus yeah, he struggled. He struggled in the last game. The first game he kind of he only played like 22 minutes. So okay, fair. And then uh, minus that February 1st matchup that I was talking about, that the the Celtics won by 20. So if you take that away, uh, in the other three matchups, Jalen Brown averaged just 7.3 points per game on 30% from the field. Tatum averaged 17 on 32% from the field. So obviously the Sixers did something to stymie them. Granted, a lot of that was probably on Ben Simmons. Simmons was the main guy guarding Tatum. Uh, just coming at it from any angle, uh, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you got going into the series? Um, so I'm not, I'm not feeling great. Uh, probably wouldn't have felt that great if Simmons was healthy just because of uh, how much of a shit show the Sixers were this year. But um, without Simmons, we just have no one to really defend on the perimeter at a high, high level. And they would need that because they kind of have a three-headed monster on the wing with Hayward, Brown, and Tatum. And they also have one of the best uh, scoring point guards in the league in Kemba. So without Ben, that's putting a lot of pressure on Tobias and – I guess Horford's going to have to defend on the wing a little bit. We talked about this last year in our free agency thing. Uh, when the Sixers signed Horford, we were like, who's he guarding? And now it's still a problem because I don't know who he's guarding yeah. on Boston. Uh, he can move on the perimeter still. He's not like a, like a, a statue, but he's just – you kind of want him on the in the paint more. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. And offensively, I just – I don't know who's creating offense for us. Uh like, honestly, right now, Horford's the best passer on the team uh, that's playing, which isn't great. And, uh, you know, I like Shake Milton a lot. He had a decent bubble, really good end of the regular season. Uh, he had a game winner versus Spurs. But he's just not ready to really lead an offense right now. He's really more of a shooting guard. Uh, you know, he's six six, and he's a really good shooter, and he has ball handling and passing abilities, but not at a level high enough to, uh, to beat a good defensive team in the playoffs. And even with Embiid, like Embiid should dominate, right? Like the Celtics yeah. have are like one of the smallest teams in the league. Tyson Canner are physical, but you know they're not. They're, they shouldn't really do much to stop him. But I have a feeling he's just gonna like sometimes he's such a beast in the post. Like he really is. He's the most one of the most efficient post players in the league. But so much of that is how many fouls he draws. And now he like he like tries to draw a lot of fouls, which makes sense in the regular season. But in the playoffs, I feel like he's going to rely on it a little bit too much, and they're not going to call it. And then he's going to get frustrated, and he's going to start forcing stuff. And I just see that happening. And I can see Marcus Smart uh, helping off his man because his man probably isn't that good of a shooter. And he's going to double-team Embiid, and he's going to poke the ball loose, and Embiid's going to get rattled. And he's going to – I just feel like he's not going to have a good series. So I feel like we're going to lose in five. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Like, I, I don't have uh, – at least I can, like, relax and watch the Sixers now that I know we're going to lose. Uh, it's going to be kind of nice for once. But 
I like, I, I just don't, there's not enough creation on this team and it's, it, it's just, and now Glenn Robinson's out for seven to 10 days and he was starting to look really good in the bubble. Uh, and we need all the wings we can get. And I think Korkmaz is probably not going to be able to hang defensively. And I don't think Milton will either. And Alec Burks is like the best creator we have on the team right now. Uh, and I've really liked what I've seen from him, but like, come on, it's Alec Burks. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't really, I don't trust really anyone, but I do, my X factor is Richardson because Richardson this year, like when the Sixers look good, it's because uh, Josh Richardson shot the ball well and he shot the ball when, when he shot a lot. And there was too many times this year where he like passed up way too many threes because he was known as like a three and D guy and he passed up way too many threes. And it was like, what are you doing? But in the games versus Boston, he did play really well. Like, he averaged over 20 points. He had a huge game in January against him, 28 points. He was really great. He was shooting threes. He was getting to the basket, like, and he was a dog on defense. So if he can do that, then I think we have a shot. That's why he's my X Factor. But ultimately, I just don't think we have enough talent uh, in the series to go against him. So, yeah, that's my prediction, Boston in five. Sorry for rambling. No, 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 that's good. Uh, Yeah, I was going back to the Embiid point. Like, it's frustrating as as someone that's not even a Sixers fan or the biggest fan of Embiid because I don't know if he's just, like, mentally weak or what it is, but he should – with the talent he has, he should be able to absolutely dominate this series. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, it's – 50-50, 50-50, if not more in favor that he's going to struggle a little bit. Uh, and, and it's mind-blowing because Daniel Tice should, cannot guard him. He's not big enough. Uh, Ennis Cantor can't guard anyone. Uh, I think Robert Williams is going to play a decent amount for the Celtics. He's, he started to play in the bubble. I think Brad Stevens was doing that on purpose. Um, and But, I mean, he shouldn't be able to do anything to stop Embiid. So, I, I think – this game, I think I I think Embiid's going to be better than than what you the what you were saying. That's why I think it it'll go at least six, and I'll take Boston in six. But this is a series where Embiid could win this series for the Sixers. Like he could go out and just put the team on his back. He's the best player series. in the series. Yeah, He's definitely the best player in the series. Yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely is the best player of the series, and I think it's gonna it's gonna speak volumes if he goes out there and and you guys do lose in five, and he struggles, and he's complaining, and he's flustered, uh, I think that'll be a bad, bad, bad look for him. Um, and Bede and Horford, can you make that work on the court at the same time against the Celtics? I know you touched on it a little bit, but what, what do you think about I, that? Because- I think they looked better together in the bubble, uh, and that's a good sign because they never really played just Horford and Embiid much this year during the regular season. And when it was those two plus Simmons, it was, they were terrible. Uh, but seeing that those two can play together, like there's a little high-low action and there's just so much size in the paint that it's really hard to score on the inside. Uh, but versus Boston, like Stevens is smart enough to kind of try to scheme Horford out of it. And I can like, I just, I don't know how many, like they're going to play and be like 36 minutes a game and they're going to want Horford to play those other 12 minutes plus like probably at least 10 minutes a game with Embiid at least. And 
I just don't see how they match up because I like who do you put who would you put Horford on? Would you put him on Hayward? I would probably put him on Hayward. Well, I mean, it depends right. who's on the court, but yeah, yeah. Oh, Hayward. I mean, yeah, I would put him on Hayward. Yeah. I mean, Hayward had a pretty decent year. Like he had, he, he was better this year than last year. Yeah, he's de- uh, he was definitely a little slept on this year just because of yeah. what happened last yeah. year. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's not a good matchup. That is not a good matchup for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will just drop this nugget. Obviously, it, the Sixers are definitely a way better team with Ben Simmons. Uh, but in Simmons played in just three games in the bubble. Um, with him on the court, the Sixers were outscored by 7.3 points per 100 possessions. Uh, with him on the bench, they um, – outscored opponents 3.7 by 3.7 points per 100 possessions uh, and their offensive points per 100 possessions was up by 13. Um, yeah. So take that as you will, but this team is better with Simmons. Uh, but that, I guess that's a small nugget that you can maybe yeah. have some solace in. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to not seeing Simmons struggle. Yeah. In the playoffs. Like he'd have it's, one great game and then, I don't know. You know I like Ben, but it's like yeah. uh, I'm I'm not. The Sixers look more. Nor- they they've looked more normal, like a more normal team when Simmons is out because they don't yeah. have a point guard that's six ten not shooting. Uh, but uh, I just wish he was playing for the series, and I kind of wish I wish they would have played Miami. I think they could have beaten Miami. Uh, really? Because I think Miami and B played very well versus Miami this year. He averaged like twenty eight and fifteen in four games versus them. Uh, and Simmons did a really good job on Butler in three of the four matchups. And I just don't really – we can get to Miami. Let's just move to Miami. Let's just move yeah. To Miami. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Pacers-Miami. Uh, it's a 4v5. Um, Miami won the season series 3-1, to one, outscoring the Pacers 110-105. to 105. Uh, In the Heat's three wins against the Pacers, uh, they had at least six players in double figures. That's kind of what they do. Uh, they have a bunch of different guys that if I, if they get hot, that guy can go for twenty five. If they someone else can go for twenty five, like that that's kind of the uh, the team the Heat are. Um, they matched up twice in the bubble, and really no one looked great for the Pacers. T.J. Warren, who was one of the better players in the bubble, he's obviously had that beef with Jimmy Butler, uh, but he just he looked lethargic uh, and almost scared a little bit. Um, when he when he went up against the Heat, and uh, Victor Oladipo's health is a little bit of a concern uh, still. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I might be higher. I, I may be buying the the Heat the Heat Kool Aid, but I think this is going to be a Heat and Five type series. Uh, I agree, and I'm looking at the line right now, and the Heat are only three and a half point favorites tomorrow, which to me is crazy. Like I think they're they're gonna kill him, um, especially with Sabonis out. Yeah, that's huge. That people haven't been talking about that. Yeah, and it's like really it's kind of disappointing guy is Miles Turner. Like he's still good. Yeah, um, I agree. But he's agree. he's never taken that leap yet. He hasn't taken it yet, and he's in his fifth season. Uh, he's still not shooting enough threes. Like in my opinion, he should be shooting like six for them to really space out that offense and really be effective. But he's shooting. He's only shooting four, and he shot them kind of his his percentage dipped this year to 34 percent um but i don't i just like brogdon brogdon's a good player 
Uh, I really liked watching him last year in the playoffs, but it's so obvious that he's like underqualified for what he's doing for Indiana. Like he should not be creating this much offense off the dribble. Like he just shouldn't. Um, his three point percentage went way down this year. He, he's been he was above forty percent in his first three seasons in Milwaukee. He was at about forty one percent, and this year he fell to thirty two point six percent because he has to take these difficult threes for Indiana um, to have a shot because they just don't really have enough. Uh, creation in the backcourt. Like they have Old Depot who's still working his way back. And it's really just him and Brogdon. And then they have TJ Warren, who's a, a really good scorer. Like, and you know this more than most people, yeah. you're a Suns fan. He's a really good scorer, but he's legitimately like one of the worst passers I think I've ever seen. And he just doesn't even do it half the time. Yeah. Like he just doesn't pass. Um, and that's great when he's scoring 53 points against the Sixers, but. Versus a team like Miami who has Jimmy and Iggy on the wing and Jimmy's going to try to get in his head because he always does. It's like he's going to start forcing up shots and he's not going to succeed. Um, and I just think that with Bam, the, the way Bam's been playing is just – he's so good. Like he's so good for how young he is. Um, really such a great passer, good ball handler, and such an amazing defender that I just feel like he's going to give Miles Turner fits. And who's, who's Indiana's other big man right now? Like, I don't think uh, they're playing Goga much. Um, I've, seen, I've seen Goga play. Uh, he played a little bit. And they, have, they were playing Jakar Sampson. Yeah, Sampson, that too, yeah. Who's like a small forward. Um, they had him guarding Embiid for a little bit. And it's like when Bam's like doing those little short roll rim drives, and it's just he's going he's gonna to kill him. And Jimmy's going to get to the line at will. And the shooters, like, they've got, they've got shooters, man. Like, I didn't, I didn't believe it going into the season. I thought it was going to be a weak point. But Robinson's, like, amazing. He yeah, shot 45% this year on eight and a half threes. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. He's, he's such a great shooter. And Hero's going to have a game where he probably gets into a fight. And he's playing, like, he's scoring, like, 25. Because Hero's really good, too. And they got Drogic now to create a little offense. They got Iggy. Like, I just trust them so much more than Indiana. And I can't believe the line is only three and a half tomorrow. Like, I just can't believe that. Um, so, yeah, uh, my prediction is Heat and five. And my X Factor is Iggy because uh, Iggy started playing yeah, a little bit more in the bubble. Uh, he really only had a few games to play with Miami before the shutdown. He only had, like, what, 10 games or something? Um, and he – he needs to be a little bit more active on offense. Like he's shot very poorly, Miami. He's in the twenties uh, from three point range, but they really needed that other guy to create a little bit. And he's proven in the playoffs for like six years with the Warriors that he can do that. So uh, he's my X factor because he can lock up Warren when Butler's, you know, when Butler needs a rest a little bit, he can lock up Warren and then he can also play make a little bit. So yeah, Iggy's my X factor. All right, yeah. So my uh, my X factor uh, has come from the Pacers. Uh, it'll be Oladipo. Um, I agree with you. I think Heat and five is my pick, and I think even if Oladipo returned to, I wouldn't say prime form, but 2018 form, uh, I still don't think it'll be enough. Um, but if he can play well, uh, if he can play like 2018 Oladipo, which is asking a lot. Uh, then I think it'll be a more interesting series for sure. 
Uh, in six games in the bubble, average 16 and six. Uh, what wasn't the most efficient? Um, but when when he's scoring the basketball, it just opens up different options for guys like Brogdon, who, like you said, are not shouldn't be in the role of forcing a tough shot at the end of the shot clock. They should be in the role of Oladipo's driving to the basket, draws two, kicks it, Brogdon wide open three. And if Brogdon's in that role, he's going to succeed and he's going to be efficient. Uh, we've already we've already seen that from the Bucks. And I mean, besides like T.J. McConnell, uh, I guess a little Aaron Holiday, um, the Pacers really don't have that guy who who is drawing uh, who is drawing defenders into the paint. I mean, I guess you could say T.J. Warren. He's more done his work from outside, honestly, lately. Uh, which is something that we didn't, I didn't see as a Suns fan, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think if Oladipo can can give the Pacers twenty twenty two a game, the series would be a little bit more interesting. But I don't see how the Pacers keep up with the Heat. Uh, what they have on the on the wings, I mean, I like it's incredible. I love what what uh, I love what they did getting Jay Crowder and Iggy. Oh, and they got Crowder. I didn't even mention him. Yeah, yeah, Jay Crowder and Iggy. What they have on the wings is is honestly, they can go so many different ways with mixing and matching. Iggy, Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Derek Jones, Duncan Robinson. That's seven guys that, that yeah, can give you solid, solid minutes at two, anywhere to the four, depending on, on who you're talking about. Uh, and then when you have Bam and Kelly Olynyk at the five and that boy Goran the Dragon at, at the one, uh, this team is this team is sneaky. Uh, and I think it's going to be real interesting watching them match up against the Bucks in in the second round because the Bucks are known for for uh, their depth um, along the wing, and that's kind of what the Heat do well. Uh, obviously, not getting into a second round preview, but if if Bam can somehow if somehow if they can somehow slow Giannis down and keep him out of the paint as much as possible, uh, that would be huge for the Heat. Yeah, but okay, I don't papers, care. I'm I think they're gonna beat Milwaukee. You do? Yeah, I do. I, I think yeah. Milwaukee had a shaky bubble. Um, they did. And I just I I don't I don't trust them. They didn't change. Like the team is the same as last year minus Brogdon. I don't care how good George Hill was. I don't care how good Wes Matthews was. It's the same team, and that team crumbled. And nothing – Giannis is amazing, but nothing – he didn't show me anything this year that proved to me that he can, like, he can take over at the end of the game the way that he needed to last year and he couldn't. So, yeah. I, I, and I think Bam's going to give him – he gave Milwaukee a lot of problems this year. Uh, they were beating them by, like, 30 points in one game during the bubble. They Now they blew it. Uh, but Jimmy also wasn't even playing that game, so – uh, I th- I think Miami's going to beat them, and I think it's going to be nuts because what's that going to have to what's that going to mean for Giannis going forward? We can do that when we do a second round preview. We don't have to we don't have to worry yeah. about that now. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. all right. So take taking your Sixers biased out. Uh, rank these four series on uh, how you'd be watching them if they were on at the same time. Oof. Um, probably Heat Pacers round one, just because it's they're the most evenly matched to me. Uh, and then Sixers, Celtics, Nets, Raps, and then Bucks. Bucks, Magic's gonna be brutal, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's gonna be brutal. 
Yeah, I'd flip the top two. Uh, okay. I'm really interested, especially just with uh, – I mean, there's some bad blood between the Celtics and the Sixers, so that, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, we'll see if Tatum, Tatum – I mean, this is, this is the time where, where Tatum could, uh, could grow up in front of our eyes, like take major leaps and bounds uh, after what he did in the regular season, if he can continue that in uh, the playoffs. I think I think that that would be huge for the Celtics. So I put that as yeah. my as my most uh, what what I'd want to watch the most. Um, right. Yeah, you got uh, any anything else? Any any over any overarching themes or anything specific uh, about these playoffs, uh, specifically the first round? Uh, I, I kind of I think the West is really interesting as usual, and the East sucks. Uh, yeah. But other, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I, I wish I, – I just wish Phoenix was in it, really. Yeah, yeah, so do I, bro. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> uh, what I will say about the East is um, the top six, like it was looking like the top six, it was going to be – it was going to be real interesting. I think that top six has now come to, to uh, the four teams in the Bucks, Raptors, um, Heat, and Celtics. But before Simmons got injured and Sabonis, like those those two guys are crucial for their teams, and I think the three six and the four five series would uh, be they would be swayed dramatically if Simmons was playing for the Sixers and if Sabonis was playing for the Pacers. So I think that's unfortunate. Uh, another another tough look for the East because I mean if 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 none of these series, I mean. You, the way you predicted it, you have no series in the East going more than five games. No, that would that would be that would be unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's it's how it's been. So uh, just kind of kind of got to deal with it as a Western Conference fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited for for these matchups. I think besides the the one and the two in the East, uh, Utah and the Nuggets are the matchup that I'm. Not like I'm that I'm least looking forward to, and it's currently at halftime. And uh, just kind of watching the first half in the background of doing this pod, it was a solid half. Uh, Quinn Snyder's getting fired up, and I'm just excited. Playoff basketball is here in whatever form we have it in. Yeah, man, I'm just glad it's back. Yeah, glad it's back. It's that's huge. Um, all right, so I think that'll do it for uh, this edition of the SQ Sports Pod. Um, barring any, any major, major news, we will be coming back to you before the start of the next round of the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, everyone have a good time watching these first two rounds over the next two weeks, basketball all day, every day, literally cannot beat that. Um, so yeah, for Shane and for Q, thanks for listening to the SQ sports NBA pod.